Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where I talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not bad. Good, good. Yeah, it's uh, finally stopping really hot. Hey. Now it's just raining all the time. Uh-oh. And I work outside. So. Doesn't sound fun. No, it's been, a, it's been a soggy couple of weeks. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I've said it out loud, it's one of the most horrible sentences I've said in a while. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, not great, is it? Uh, it's really not. But I, I'm, I'm not doing too bad, how about you? Cool. Yeah, fine. Um, no real complaints, really. Um, yeah, all, thing, all things good. Pretty recovered from uh, from last week's awesome fun episode. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, restore some sanity <laughs> <laughs> to the proceedings and maybe I can talk about Magic the Gathering for, sure. for a long time. <laughs> So, have you played much Magic this week, then? I have. I have indeed. Awesome. There was, uh, on Sunday, there was a Legacy Challenge at Manalik. Ooh, nice. Uh, got 40 players. Ooh, that's good. Which is sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it just kind of proves how, how much the UK Magic scene just wants Legacy events. Yeah, really badly. Yeah, but there aren't many to come uh, to, you know, there aren't many to go and travel to. Um, so, we had that. Yeah, we got 40 players. Um, a lot of players travelled. Not that far, but like there were definitely people that, that travelled far enough just to play Legacy for, yeah. for the day. That was good fun. I ended up going four and two. Mm, nice. With, yeah, it was it was fine. Good enough for thirteenth. Nice. That's um, pretty good. Yeah, I, I just I just had fun. I playing. Uh, gone back to like the previous spicy version of Maverick I was playing. So like, not not playing Khan. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I couldn't find a good enough build for that. So I was like not playing Stoneforge Mystic. Because I still maintain that card sucks in Maverick specifically. Sure, I just think it's too too slow as a threat. You want things that I don't know. Just it's, it's a little bit too slow. Um, whereas I kind of enjoy playing something like a Planeswalker more. Yeah, that presents more of a threat. Um, and I was playing two made up walking blisters, just as something that is able to pressure Planeswalkers, pick off like Baleful Strixes and stuff, or unfilled Delvers. Um, so that's that's been really impressive, and it's it's kind of just obnoxious with guys cradle and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I for playing that. Um, yeah, quite quite a wide field as well. Like there are a lot of quite a few Khan the Great creators, a couple of ill hogs. That was sweet. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it's a good fun. Yeah. Um, it's always just nice to play Legacy, and and the Legacy community continues to to just be a nice group of people. Um, yeah, I very much agree with that. Like any legacy event that I play in, like everyone's just nice. Everyone just loves the format. Uh, I still think legacy is probably the best competitive format there is currently. Yeah, I agree. I agree absolutely. It seems the the most fair. Um, yeah, you can play a lot. Of, there's a lot of fair magic being played, um, and you can still do that. Obviously, I'm I'm playing an incredibly fair deck. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, Death and Taxes, some Maverick players, like just some like just Esper Stoneblade and stuff like that. Like it's just it's very fair, and there's no nonsense. Obviously, you've got you've got the like your sort of blistering combo decks, but they're very much kept in check. Yeah. Um, whereas every other format seems to have sort of devolved into degeneracy. Um, yeah. Including including standard, you know, not that it's degenerate, but the the format because of Arena is sort of moving so quickly. The, the top decks are constantly jockeying for position and, and decks that were incredibly good literally the next day are just really bad um, 
so legacy feels like a, just sort of a safe place to be where you, where you can play whatever you want and, and <laughs> not not be worried about having to metagame too much or being killed on turn one too yeah, regularly agreed I, I definitely do feel that myself i think like every format kind of feels like a bit of a like just like a drag race at the moment like who's who can do their thing the fastest but i think legacy very much feels like a nice a nice sunday drive yeah absolutely i mean i did i did lose to storm on turn their turn two i i, I played a forest and a dry arbor like green sun for a dry arbor and then died um but i mean that's fine because that's gonna happen other... <clears throat> yeah exactly and, and that's gonna be reasonable because i'm not playing forcible so i have no way of keeping that in check but yeah i mean for, for every game that that happens i'm sure there's like six games where you've just got a Gallic Teague on the field in this scoop? No, they didn't scoop. Ooh, nice. I had a, I had a Thalia and a Gallic Teague in play, and they just let me play it out until they were actually dead. Which <laughs> um, is sweet. Um, but yeah, like, a lot of very interactive games, a lot of games going to, like, you know, turn 20 and stuff, and people playing to a lot of magic, and there's a lot of interaction, so... Um, yeah, compared to something like uh, Modern, <laughs> which is an entirely different beast yeah. at this point. Um, which is, I guess, what we kind of want to talk about during our main topic. Yeah, for sure. But have you played much Magic this week? Uh, a little bit. So I was horrendously ill for like pretty much all of last week, so didn't mm-hmm. leave my bed much, which was was pretty depressing. Uh, you can play I did, Magic in bed. Uh, I can play Magic Online in bed, so I did play a little bit of Vintage, but I just wasn't feeling up to it, to be honest. Um, Jeez. I did manage to get out at the weekend, though, to play in a Modern Horizons pre-release. Sweet. I have not played that format yet. How how was it? I really enjoyed it. So it, we, uh, it was really fun. Uh, we had a, a full pot of eight people for the draft, which was awesome. Uh, my biggest issue was just the price. It feels really bad to, to <clears throat> draft it at that price. Um, you kind of get that thing where it's like, once the draft's over... You're like, okay, that was sweet, that's awesome, let's do it again. And then you're like, oh, well, actually, it's like, you know, in my case, it was going to be like £30 to draft it again. Like, if mm. it was, you know, a master set, like, that's fine, because you know you know, there's going to be some level of expected value. Like, Ultimate Masters, for example, like, when we, we drafted that at, um, at GP London, uh, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when we drafted that at GP Liverpool, it was like... Like thirty pound a pop or whatever, but we were we were opening a good amount of value every draft, or we're doing well enough that we got you know a decent amount of ticks every draft, and then you could just go cash that into the vendor and then jump straight back in. Uh, I, I feel like you would really really struggle to do that with with Modern Horizons at a GP. Like you'd have to open like some sort of like foil mythic or like an Urza uh, or, or bust really. Uh, I mean, you're t- talking about how how good the value is from all my masters specifically at GP Liverpool I opened zero value <laughs> the best card I opened was an Emrakul which at the time was not enough to cover another draft that's fair that's fair well so that's pretty, some yeah, of us opened Phyrexian Tower, foil Phyrexian Towers and Liliana the Veils and yeah. yeah, some of us, some of us didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be fair, like that, there's there's a lot of money to pay for a draft, and I I I absolutely wouldn't pay that price just to draft, no matter how sweet the format is. Yeah, um, I mean, I I would definitely recommend like doing it once, like definitely giving it a go once because it, it is it is great fun. Um, or if you can get like if a bunch of you can go in on like a like a cheap box and then draft it that way, um, that's probably the best <laughs> way to do it. Yeah, I think to be fair, like with the value, most people i've seen open boxes have made value i think um but i guess that's that's slightly different to drafting but between like 
a couple of like random foils and just like opening stuff. I guess opening three packs isn't enough to do that, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It's it's a really strange one. I I just wish it cost the same price as a regular draft. But the limited environment itself is really fun. I would definitely recommend trying it once. Um, uh, yeah, I drafted a, a sort of Bant snow deck. Um, it was kind of not quite uh, green-white tokens and not quite like kind of blue-green snow, somewhere in between. Uh, it was really fun. I went 2-1, which I was, I was pretty happy with. My only loss came to a uh, blue-green snow deck, which had... Um, whatever the, the Marit Lodge card is. Marit Lodge's Slumber? That's the one, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, turns out it's like it's really viable in draft and like if you open one of those early enough just start aggressively taking snow permanence. Um, yeah, you just get there. Yeah, I guess a 2020 flying indestructible creature is kind of hard to deal with. Yeah, I mean the, there's a surprising amount of like edict effects uh, or like enchantment removal to to get rid of that enchantment, but yeah, if, if you can pull it off, then it's it's pretty good. I guess there's a couple of like unsummon effects, right? Yeah, like, yeah, common. Couple, yeah, unsummon effects, um, and there's the the storm um, the storm card as well. I got my opponent with that. It was, <laughs> it was quite good. Yeah, which which one? Uh, sacrifice uh, target player sacrifices atta- uh, an attacking creature storm. For one uh, wing, wing shards, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. So they just swing for the twenty twenty indestructible, and you go, nope, storm you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It was good. It was decent, definitely. Sweet. Um. Yeah. I think I'm planning to do a draft on Wednesday. Sweet. Um. So that should be that should be good fun. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll report back on that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. I, I definitely. Hopefully, open some kind of foil commander card definitely a big fan of, uh, of drafting like the snow mechanic and I don't know it's just just got me excited for for hopefully Kaldheim like I really hope we <clears> get Kaldheim <throat> later on this year because I'm a big fan of, of that snow theme yeah I saw I saw an interesting take that was saying that like um, the fact that there wasn't a snow legend yeah. in the set suggests that they're saving it for somewhere else because it seems like a really big thing that people would want and would would, would be um, a, a good card that people would want and yeah. then <clears throat> it was it was interesting saying that potentially we would go to a snow based set something like Kaldheim or, or or whatever because Modern Horizons puts a lot of snowlands into circulation. Yep. And of course, if you're playing standard with snow cards, snowlands need to be very very accessible and like a reasonable price because people are going to be playing mostly snowlands. Yeah. So it makes sense. The Modern Horizons introduce them into market, so they're easy to get. And then so a, a standard set could just put they, they wouldn't be full art yeah, or yeah. something. Maybe not. Um, but then it wouldn't be a mad scramble to get Snowlands before a tournament. You just have them because yep. of the most recent set being opened. So I think yeah. that's a reasonable take, and it makes makes a lot of sense. I For think sure. And if you, if you really cool. if you uh, listen back a couple of episodes, you'll hear me see, say exactly that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was that, that was my. I think that was pretty much a theory that I'd had like fairly early on like once we got these full art snowlands spoiled it's like well that absolutely makes sense like if we are going to Kaldheim we'll put some cool fancy full art snowlands in the circulation um, don't have to necessarily put them in Kaldheim just have non full art ones um, in that set but I mean, why why else would they put them in, in this set really like the the islands and the mountains are the only ones that I've played really uh, there's been a couple of like decks messing around with 
the other ones like there's a Salt Ice Nodak and stuff yeah and now like, there is when there wasn't before oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Commando <laughs> I guess People so <laughs> Um, I mean, that's what I'm currently doing. Yeah. I'm trying to pick up as many foil snow covered mountains as I can. Nice. Just going to be expensive. Yeah, I bet. They're definitely worth it because they're really sweet. Awesome. They look so nice in foil. Yeah, they are. They are very nice. That's, that's definitely one thing I'll give them. They all do look really nice. Foiling's nice too. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah. So, how do you feel about Modern Horizons' impact on Modern now that we've. we've now it's here, I guess. So there's been, you know, a lot of speculation, a lot of people writing articles, um, a lot of people sharing lists and brewing around stuff that was all interesting, and we, we had a sort of idea of where cards would go and, and what would impact stuff and whether there'd be new decks. Um, and then we finally got an actual tournament with the cards legal uh, on Magic Online with um, the Modern Challenge, and um, certain cards are certainly making themselves known in the format. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's been a, key, a few cards here and there, like uh, Range Captain Vios seeing some play... Um, like Unearth seeing some players from places um, there's a lot of interesting cards and like obviously the Horizon Lands are showing up in the places we do expecting them to in like some numbers and I think there's still stuff to iron out but it's it's nice to see like it's it's what I like about the set is it, it introduces uh, to most decks just like a few playable cards that just you, you get to upgrade certain cards or like maybe try a slightly different like plan B in decks that were already quite established yeah or <laughs> <laughs> You can play Vengevine, Bridge from Below, Carrion Feeder, Gravecrawler, and uh, Chase Rare of the set now, Hogark, the, what was it, Arisen something? Necropolis. Ne- Acru- Arisen Necropolis, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so that card's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the biggest takeaway from this weekend, is that, yeah, Hogark, Arisen Necropolis, is is a real card. Um, I, think, I know it's certainly one that I had under-evaluated myself, like... Mm-hmm. I saw it and thought, hey, this is kind of cute, but does Dredge really want it? Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, it turns out yes. Which, yes, uh, it does. Yeah, and it turns out um, that Ultra Dementia and Carrion Feeder, along with Gravecrawler, is actually like a very, very good way to fill your graveyard. Yeah. Very, very efficiently, because... Um, so Gravecrawler with Carrion Feeder, obviously, like as, as many black man as you have, you can just sack and cast it. Um... And then if you have, like, Bridge from Below, you have a lot of creatures in play, which means you can convoke out your Hogark. Yep. And if you have Alter Dementia, obviously you can just keep sacking your Gravecrawler um, to, like, mill yourself and stuff and keep yeah. making zombies. There's a lot of nonsense going on, and then you just have Vengevines and Bloodgasts and what have you. Um, yeah, and yeah. it put 10, 10 copies in the the top, what was it, the top 36 of the Modern Challenge? Yeah, that's pretty good. Um... Yeah, that's a, certainly a strong, strong showing <laughs> for the for the first. I guess this is technically week one, right? Yeah, technically. So it's something that I, I'd noticed quite quickly, like once the cards became legal on on Magic Online. I know a few of the streamers that I, I follow were were playing decks of Hogarth in, and then pretty much just keeping an eye on Magic Twitter. It was like so many screenshots where like there's like turn two, and there's a Hogarth and about twelve zombies out on the field. And it's like, ooh. Will will this be a problem? Uh, is is this is this just like, all right? It's 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 you know it's week one. Everyone's playing around with the new cards. People are still kind of in brewing mode, and you know it, it was quite clear like this this card fits into this dredge deck fairly easily. So 
nobody was really sort of prepared for that because they were they were trying to brew with other things maybe yeah I mean it's not even a dredge deck anymore right yeah like there was a list playing like a couple of stink lead imps um, but it's very much a, a, a different animal really with a combination of ultra dementia and, and hogark it's just it's just a bridge vine deck yeah that's true that's just absurdly efficient of just you know making an 8-8 with trample <laughs> <laughs> Because like, when, when I first saw the card, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool design. I like that. That won't be playable. There's no way that's playable. Um, and then the next thing I know, it's just destroying people, Yep. I guess. And a lot of people bought them for like two bucks each. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now, now, they're, now they're 30 bucks each and, and certainly rising. Um, like, it, it's an incredibly good card. But I mean, is it is it actually a problem? That's the thing. I'm not, I'm not sure it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's very much that thing of like this was probably the perfect weekend to play it, uh, and we're definitely not going to see a repeat in the modern challenge next weekend because that's that's going to be the deck everyone expects now. So all of the relevant sideboard hate will be there where it was. It was it was slightly lacking this weekend. Yeah, I mean, people still had like you know your surgicals and their ravenous traps and and some rips where where they were playable, um, and obviously. Pretty much every Hogarth list in itself had four Leylands and the, the Voids in the in the sideboard. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think there's a lot to be said as well for like not knowing how to play against it. Like if you're just you know playing your Is It Phoenix deck or your Blue White Control deck, and then someone goes like turn one Carrion Feeder, and then turn two make this Hogarth. <laughs> like um, not knowing how to play against that and how to disrupt it effectively says a lot about the performance of that deck. I think. Yeah. Um. But it's certainly powerful, um, and probably more powerful than Dredge if you're going to use the graveyard. Yeah, I would I say would definitely agree. More powerful than Dredge there, and uh, I think it's it's more powerful than you know the most recent Boogeyman, I guess, like Neoform. Like, where, where was that deck? Uh, it put one six one. Yep, one one um, copy in the the top thirty six there. Yeah, was this um, this didn't have the London Mulligan though, right? Uh, no, it doesn't have the London Mulligan yet, no. Yeah, I think once the London Mulligan, um, which we haven't actually discussed. No, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's a thing. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, once that actually goes into effect, um, I think we'll see a lot more near brand decks than there have been currently, because, I mean, that, that that's sort of the reason that deck was so good while it was being tested on Magic Online, because um, it was coincided with the London Mulligan. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, again, it was a combination of, of that Plus, again, that thing of, of people not really knowing how to play against it, but I feel like most people know how to play against that now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad we've got the London Mulligan. I'm, I'm glad it's a thing. Like, I, I guess we should address it, really. Um, yeah, probably. Um, I think it's just good. Yeah, and... I, I agree. So we, we played the Modern Horizons pre-release with the London Mulligan. Oh, sweet. Um. And like the one match that I mulliganed in, I saw one extra card and kept a six. Like it's it's fine. I think that's gonna be the the vast majority of games, like you still would just keep hands you would keep anyway. Uh it <clears> makes <throat> limited and you know, like we've said before in here, it makes limited and standard considerably better. I, I assume I assume they've done enough testing to the point where they feel that it's gonna be okay for modern. Uh and I know they did I mention guess. the article that they were gonna like watch the format 
carefully and sort of they weren't going to be afraid to to ban things if need be yeah um i mean we also made announcement that you're able to at regular rail implement the rule before the release of core 2020 which yeah. is when it's meant to be meant to be um implemented for uh, Comparel, which is sweet and i know uh, at manleek we're doing that from now so fnms and stuff will be um will be using the london mulligan so i'll yeah. get a chance to use it a lot but i mean every um pretty much every casual game and every testing game i've played since the Mulligan was announced, I've just given it a go and just been trying to do it as much as possible, both in modern and legacy, and it just feels kind of fine. Yeah. <laughs> like it just feels like those much less feel bad. So like at the event this weekend, obviously because it was Comprel, we were using the the Vancouver rule, um, and every time I was like, oh, this just feels kind of bad by comparison. Now that I've been exposed to the Mulligan and and how just much nicer that feels. Yeah. Going back to the Vancouver, just like ugh, <laughs> I forgot how bad this is. Yeah, I think that was the big takeaway from a lot of a lot of pro players, especially for uh, once it left Magic Online. A lot of people missed it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I assume that's a it's a pretty good sign of a, of a good rule, right? I'd have thought so. Yeah, like people missing it and wanting it. Like and certainly that's that's how I felt. It's like oh, I wish I was still, still doing this rather than having to scry. Yeah, um, and it's just like there's like there's a few nice corner cases where like if you draw your dry arbor, you can put it back. Yeah. And, and stuff like that and, and like if there's bad cards you can just put them back rather than having to keep the bad cards you know as a dead card and then having to scry instead just like actually removing dead cards from your hand feels a lot better yeah i i think i think it's great I'm, I'm very much very much a fan of it now that i've kind of gotten used to the idea of it and i've played with it myself and i've seen quite a few games with it being played I, yeah I, I think it's i think it's the right call um and you know Hey, if they do need to ban a whole lot of things in modern, maybe that's probably just good for the format in general. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Like, yeah, I, as much as we we kind of crap on modern and, and talk about its degeneracy and, and how it's not really that fun to actually play, I don't think there's anything that's particularly bannable at the moment. Like, obviously, we'll have to see. We need modern horizons. We haven't seen a long period of time with that set being legal, yeah. and obviously with another mulligan. But there's not something currently screaming out to be banned that's that messed up. I guess Faithless Looting is always is yeah. Always Faithless Looting is still the most played card in that modern challenge. Yeah, and it, it's, it's the fact that it enables the, the degenerate stuff. Um, but I mean, there's nothing like oh, I need this to be gone because all of the decks are sort of none of the decks are fun to play against. They're all kind of degenerate, trying to kill you as quick as possible, basically playing solitaire. But if all the decks are like that, that's kind of fine. Um, and then you still have stuff like uh, Blue Eye Control, like trying to keep things in check and still putting yeah, up results i guess so i'm not too concerned about the health of modern um i mean i'm, I'm concerned about what modern is but in terms of the health relative to its context it, with, with each other like arclight phoenix is still doing absolute nonsense tron is still doing nonsense especially with the, with the london mulligan yeah um and then you've just got like, humans just slowing things down but still murdering you very very quickly um so it's all it's all relative to itself and in that way, I don't think anything needs to be banned. And if you need to ban something, you need to do a huge overhaul of the format. Yeah. Which I think is not something they're particularly inclined to do. Because one, that takes a lot of work. And two, it's going to upset basically your entire player base. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, agreed. So I'm just going to keep casting Blitzner Elves and just, you know. It's fine because I'm I, what I'm doing is also just degenerate and can kill you on turn two. Yeah. So um, if, it, if we're all doing that, I'm not particularly bothered. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's like the best way to treat it. I mean, like personally, like just kind of accept modern for what it is and just just play whatever it's going to bring you the most fun. Or, yeah, it's great. Or FNM, give you the I best result. To, yeah, because FNM, I get to go like three one or or four or whatever, and because I'm playing Infect, uh, I get to like you know actually sit around like 
smoke some cigarettes, have a drink. Like <laughs> it was good to enjoy my evening and, and hang out with my friends as well as playing some magic. Sure. Um, I mean, I did enjoy. I do enjoy playing Legacy, where I'm like sitting and playing a match for forty minutes and actually having to think. But sometimes it's just nice to be playing some magic, but also just having some time to to do other things. Doing the gathering side of of the magic, the gathering. Exactly, I love I love the gathering. It especially is, it's the, the best uh, part of the game, really. It's also the best part of the ICP fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop for all you uh, wicked clowns out there. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't leave that in. You can't leave that in. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Oh, I. Speaking of which, I watched the. Um, you know that video he did about his daughter and the furry costume. Yes. Yes. I watched that again. Yeah. That was the thing that happened, wasn't it? It was just yeah. the most absurd thing. Um, just in his full, his full clown makeup with his daughter in the furry. Guy. It's a very, it's, it's a very nice video. It's, it's like you know, she got screwed over buying a fursuit and stuff. But uh, and it was very nice. It was like, oh, we hate these people. You shouldn't like. It's, it's not nice to be scammed out of loads of money and whatever. And but the actual, you know, meat of it was nice. But then I just realised I was watching like a child in a fursuit with her dad who's in the insane clown posse wearing full clown makeup just shouting and like it was really bad video editing i was like this is just an absurd thing yeah if you haven't seen it go watch it <laughs> it's just it's an incredibly strange thing to be watching um 2019 is a is a strange time to exist yeah when when we say hashtag not all men we're explicitly referring to shaggy too dope and, keanu and violent j <laughs> and keanu reeves yeah those three men <laughs> <laughs> but very much the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Great, so we've got that little dig in. That's nice. Um, awesome. So cool. how do you feel about um, Modern Horizons cards in other formats? Have you seen any take hold anywhere in, in Legacy or, or Vintage even? Um, no, I mean, obviously I don't have my uh, finger as much on the pulse of Vintage as you do. Sure. So I've, not, I've not really been saying I'm sure there's something... There's like one busted card that's doing some stuff. Yeah. Um, um, not particularly like Giver of Runes is interesting um, as either like Mother of Runes 5 to 6 or just like a different replacement. I think there's an interesting consideration in Maverick specifically between playing two Mothers and two Givers. Yeah. Because in Maverick, you're less using it to actually protect your creatures from bolts and pushes and whatnot. And you're more using it to push through damage. Um, and giving the protection from Colorless is. is nice um so there's there's that there like i don't know yeah i haven't seen many cards myself like uh, collector oof seems to be like the probably the best new card i think for the format um Mm -hmm. because i think all all of the cards that are are cool exciting or interesting throwbacks are all cards that exist in the format anyway Mm -hmm. like having a a null rod you can green suns for is is very interesting yeah um and something i'd be interested in, in trying out if I like move away from the GTAs and the ballistas um, if I want something like that um, which is cool which is nice and I guess that's good in vintage because you can survive with the fittest for a null rod is that a thing you, you could try you could certainly try survival's still a thing right oh yeah yeah survival's very much still a thing uh, um, I mean it's not quite tier one but it's it's certainly a thing sure um, and I mean as well there's also uh, Echo of Eons, right? Yeah, that's, that's gonna, a thing. That's it's it's a thing that I I certainly want to play around with in Legacy, like Echo of Eons plus Lion's Eye Diamond equals Time Twister. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to storm off more that way, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it is going to be good enough. 
Um, but yeah, so one of the uh, the decks in the Legacy Challenge at the weekend, uh, the four color control list. Uh, I was mm-hmm. playing like two copies of Ren and Six main board, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, sweet. Okay. Playing two copies of Force Negation main as well. Which, oh, sure. Okay. Again, like this has gone down to, like three Force of Will, two Force Negation, which just seems fine, right? Like Why nothing not too want, exciting. Why would you not want the fourth Force? Is the life loss important? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest, but. That seems. Surely. I mean, I, 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 I assume it's because Force Negation is slightly easier to cast, one blue blue, as oh, opposed guess, to yeah. Force of Will, three blue blue. Sure, when you actually want to, like, cancel, yeah. I guess. Um, okay, yeah, sure. That's that's, that's some time. Uh, remember when you said Ren and Six was terrible? Yeah, still think it is. Oh wow, okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it is terrible so I can pick up a cheap copy of my EDH deck. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main. That's my main reason for wanting that be, that to be bad. But I think it's quite good. Yeah, I think um, it's a shame that Hogarth has been like the only really thing that's popped up. I was hoping for like some sweet bruise with you know like some kind of aggro loam deck with the cycling lands. Yeah. Or um, I don't know something with astral drift. Astral drift, yeah. To, someone to do some some nonsense with that, or I don't know, maybe like a like an Echo of Eons deck or or something. But Hogarth is the only thing. I think it's just because that's the most obviously busted thing to be doing. But eventually yeah. it'll shake out because there's still there's still you know up until now decks that are essentially less consistent versions or less powerful versions of existing decks still perform, right? Oh yeah. For um, sure. So there's, there's always potential for like you know spirits and humans still coexist in the same format. So there's still there's still time for like slightly less powerful or, or more like, or different things to, to shake out. Um, I still I still think when the dust settles, maybe in a few months, War of the Spark will have more of an impact on modern than um, modern, modern horizons. horizons will have. I agree 100 percent there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think War of the Spark has just been. Just the set that's had the most impact on like every format that they've printed for as long as I've played Magic. Um, yeah, and it's predominantly three cards, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And they're all planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just like I don't know, like there's some cool things happening with um, with Horizons, and like I guess the Hogarth deck is basically just a Bridgevine deck, but it's more powerful and consistent now. But yeah. that was that was already a deck, right? That was already a thing that was happening with that. Yeah, it, it's like you take you take a, a deck that was running at ten, and now you've just amped it up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like War of the Spark has just sort of morphed and warped every format. Yeah. And Teferi and Narset are just showing up everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Khan is obviously basically if you're playing a colorless deck, you should probably just be playing Khan. Yeah, yeah. If you any kind of deck that can play six mana spells, then why not just play a Khan and a, a Magusin Flatus in your sideboard? I mean, to be fair, the Magusin Flatus has now become like the least impressive thing because it is kind of hard to get cast a six mana spell in the formats that it's legal in. Yeah. Um, but just like, you know, finding a Liquid Metal Coating or like finding the Pithy Needle you need or finding a Tormod's Crypt or finding an Ensnaring Bridge, like Ensnaring, yeah. like Khan for an Ensnaring Bridge has been like really clutch um, in a lot of matches I've seen. Um, so stuff like that, just like Khan is just an incredibly good card. Um, and yeah, obviously Narset's just the boogeyman of literally every format yeah. at this point. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, also just tearing up standard still. Teferi's obviously like absurd in standard as well yeah. as also being very very good and kind of defining the blue white control deck. Narset and Teferi are defining the blue white control deck in modern specifically. I think at the moment, which seems the best way to build it. Yeah, agreed. It's just, it's just and then, of course, you've got like you know Teferi's puzzle box deck. Yeah, that's fun, right? For people complaining about, yeah. about 
about yeah, like people complain about that and not being fun. I'm like, that's more. Fun. I mean, they're casting it on turn four. That's you know, you're normally dead by that point. Yeah, <laughs> you've had a chance. You've had a chance to play magic. Yeah, um, and that's that's more fun than being attacked by phoenixes on turn two. Yeah, right? agreed. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather get to the point where I've got a turn four than just die on turn two. Exactly. That seems much more reasonable. I'm, I'm much more excited about that that prospect than like dying to all the nonsense combo decks. Yeah. Um, Speaking of nonsense combo decks. Oh yeah. So I've got a bit of a what the deck for you. I know it's been a little while. Oh no, that term has been appropriated by day nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What the deck? A registered trademark of Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> That I feel yeah, like we, uh, maybe we were doing first, but whatever. We'll let that one slide. I mean, I mean, we did step away from it for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we can prove that we did it first. So, anyway, yes. What is what is the list that, that you're you wanting to talk about? So, yeah, I've got, I've got a list that plays a a few new Modern Horizons cards, including okay. Mox Tantalite. Uh oh, that can't be good. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way that's good, right? Oh, I. I don't know. So it's a very me deck. Uh, I'll run through the list. We've got, starting off with some lands, uh, one copy of Academy Ruins, one Inventor's Fair, and then uh, 12 Snow-Covered Islands. Is that is there a reason for the Snow-Covered Islands, or is it just because they're sweet? Oh, well, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, <laughs> so then we've got, after that, we've got uh, four copies of Lotus Bloom, one Mox Tantalite, four Mox Opal, one Tormod's Crypt, one Welding Jar, uh, we've got four Chromatic Sphere, four Chromatic Sp- Star, four Nihil Spellbomb, one Pyrite Spellbomb, four Relic of Progenitus, uh, four copies of Weather the Storm, uh, one Golem's Heart, one Etherflux Reservoir, four copies of Bolus's Citadel, <laughs> <laughs> uh, four copies of Reshape, and four Word of Invention. So that makes up your main 60. In your sideboard, you've got three Ceremonious Rejection, four Defense Grid, one Phyrexian Revoker, one Golem's Heart, one Pithing Needle, three Unmoored Ego, and then your card for your Snow-Covered Islands, you've got two copies of Dead of Winter. Ooh, nice, okay, sure. Yeah, so it's very much a combo deck, very much the kind of deck that I, I would play. Um, I've yet to see it put up uh, to play any matches, but I've seen a, a couple of, of lists and a couple of streamers that I follow talking about the deck, or kind of showing it off, and it's... It's something that definitely feels like a bit of like a like a what the deck against the odds deck, but there are certainly like lines where it just wins on turn one, turn two. I guess, but like for every time it wins on turn one or two, doesn't it just fold to itself and die? Such is modern. Oh, it's true, and um, maybe not because. Well, I mean, what's your plan B? Um, I, I guess the there is no plan B currently from uh, from this Excellent. list. Yeah, so I, I think I think personally, what I would do would be have some copies of Psy Mastothopterus in there, uh, maybe a Khan Cyanoverser uh, as well. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something that I definitely want to have a play around with, um, but I, I think that might be my, my new modern deck. Oh, sweet, okay. Yeah. Firmly taking something that's untested and probably like tier three, but okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds about right. It plays like all of the zero man artifacts you'd ever want to play. Uh, and Mox Tantalite. Uh, Mox Tantalite and uh, Lotus Bloom. Uh, it's, yeah, the interaction between like reshape and Lotus Bloom is incredible. Uh, it plays Etherflux Reservoir as its win condition, so that's definitely the kind of deck I want to be playing. I mean, yeah, yeah, and you get to play Weather the Storm, I guess. Yeah, do yeah, I get to play actual Storm cards. So there we I go. I guess you uh, you never lose to Modern Storm, right? 
Yeah, yeah, you never lose to monsters. Four main deck weather the storm. <laughs> I guess you never lose to anything apart from like infect, maybe. Uh, I mean, I guess burns a pretty easy matchup, yeah. probably. Yeah. I guess humans sucks. Uh, I guess the Hogark deck is probably faster than you. Um, I guess counter spell decks kind of suck. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably a place in the format for it. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I, I feel like Lantern's pretty much dead at this point, uh, and this looks like the kind of thing that I want to play more than anything. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I've bought a few cards that I was missing for that. I'm probably going to pick up Amox Tantalite begrudgingly this week. Uh, I definitely want to play around with like Khan, uh, maybe sticking an snare and bridge or two in the sideboard as well. Uh, try and sneak a copy of Psy Mastothopterist in the main deck too. Yeah, sure, that sounds good. But uh, certainly a what the deck for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, I guess it's the kind of thing where like that's the first, that's the first run through, right? And then there's going to be like figuring out numbers and sort of streamlining, streamlining the list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's quite nice to see it take shape, and uh, yeah, when I try and get on that train early as early as possible. Yeah, I always do that. I get on a train early, and then the train never leaves the station. Yeah, and then I've just paid some money for cards that I'll never use. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that that does happen to me quite oftenly as well. Um, but you know, I, I got I, I was quite an early adopter when it came to Lantern Control, and I'm getting similar vibes from this one. So we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, yeah, sure, sure, sure. unfortunately, yeah, Zach Elsick. Uh, this week announced that he's gone to Wizards of the Coast to join their play design team, so we won't have his amazing brewing powers um, helping shape this deck anymore. They keep picking off all the people that are brewing the busted decks. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be they'll be they'll be coming for Matt Nass next. Yeah, it, it seems. I mean, I think it's it's great for standard though. I think I still think the play design team is probably just the best thing Wizards of the Coast has done for years. I don't know. I don't know. War of the Spark went to the play design team, and look how that's going. <laughs> It's great for standard though. Standards in a fantastic place. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just every other format that's sort of feeling the woe of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could keep up with standard. Yeah, I, I feel like it just requires you to to play so much arena these days, and I I don't really have a lot of time to play arena, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't have enough time to just kind of grind. I also don't have enough like money to put into getting enough wild cards and stuff I'm just sort of at the mercy of the um, daily challenges and whatnot. Yeah, um, which just means I'm like playing subpar versions of every deck um, just kind of annoying and then like I invest my wild cards into like like I'm playing the Nissa version of the Nexus deck Yeah, so I invested all my wild cards into that and like that's not that good anymore Yeah, but I don't have any wild cards to move anywhere else so I'm just sort of stuck with that deck, which is kind of annoying. Um, I guess it's... I mean, I'm still able to play a lot more Magic than I ever have been with, like, uh, Magic Online. Yeah. Because Magic Online, like, you have to put money in. Whereas Arena, like, you don't have to put money in. I can still play, like, vaguely standard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I, I've played Arena entirely free-to-play. Um, and I still... You know, if I, if I actually put some time in... I Yeah, so I, I genuinely think that if I... If I like took a week off work and just sit in grinded arena for a week straight, I could easily mm. easily hit mythic with what I've got on there um, with Vesper control. But you know, I don't have the time to take off work to sit and grind for like you know sixteen hours a day on arena. <laughs> I mean, I always think that I'm like, oh, I've got a day off, I'm going to like grind arena, and then like I lose the mono red once, I'm like, this is no fun, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go do something, just anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Seems sensible. I mean, I value my time on the planet. 
<laughs> do I? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell myself. Yeah. I do. yeah, just keep telling yourself that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I value my time on this excellent planet we currently <laughs> live on. Everything's going really well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> let's 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 not. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So one thing I do want to uh, touch on before we leave you today is um, so our Patreon. I decided I'm going to do a bit of a, a rehaul of of our whole sort of Patreon. Thing, I guess really um, I've had some some ideas of things I want to do to just to get more active on there I, I think it's it's a fantastic platform and I feel like I'm kind of under utilizing it at the moment so I've definitely mm-hmm. had some put my thinking cap on I've had some ideas of what I want to do uh, so it is as of um, as of Friday just gone it's going to be updated every single day uh, or every single weekday with a, just a, some brand new content every day it's going to be a few different things a nice mixed bag Um and if you want to go check that out, patreon.com slash hour of devastation uh, for as little as $1 per month. So it's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. So you can come check out everything I'll be posting on there. Uh, so on Mondays, it's going to be mailbag Monday. So it's going to be a, just a, a nice picture or rundown of what I've been buying uh, that week in magic. Sweet. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, we're going to have a trivia Tuesday. Which is going to be just a cool magic fact. It could be something like burst card in War of the Spark is whatever, or something like uh, you know, Volcanic Island wasn't printed in the original Alpha set. Just a, just a cool yeah. like random random trivial fact of the day. Yeah, something, that sounds that sounds sweet. Yeah, something interesting because I mean I, I feel like I have a lot of like strange, unusual like a niche magic knowledge, and it'd be, it'd be cool just just to get that out there. Hmm. Uh, Wednesday is going to be Wildcard Wednesday, where there's no strict rule about what we can post that day. So that could be anything. It could be, you know, a photo of a cool deck I'm brewing, um, a kind of rundown of of what I think is the best deck in a certain format at the moment, or it could be like a draft video. Could just be absolutely anything. Uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. I'm going to call that Tournament Thursday, uh, where I'm going to just put up a a deck list and say, hey, if I'm playing in X event this weekend this is the deck I would play, uh, sort of a rundown reason why I would play that deck. Mm-hmm. And finally, we got Friday, Finance Friday, where I post my my picks of the week, uh, what I think are the best cards to buy right now for the long term, short term, and then just kind of like a bit of a silly wild card of like, this card is dirt cheap currently, and hey, it might be playable now. Oh, sweet. Okay, that, that sounds like some... Some useful content. Yeah, definitely. I just I figured it's something we're kind of underutilizing, and it would just be nice to to give back to to people in in a, in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've also had some ideas where I um, might get some tokens made yeah. that I think would be be sweet to to give away at a certain Patreon level. Um, just a kind of incentive, like people people want to give back because they want to give back, and, and we really appreciate that. But like, just something something to have. It's, I mean, it's the, you know, I, I'm um, a supporter of of a, a few uh, patron patreons, and uh, like just getting something every now and again is just it's is a nice just a, something nice to get back for for donating. So yeah, I'd like to get something something like that. Definitely, uh, yeah. I, I feel like it, we say it a lot, but like the, the sort of the gathering side of magic is is you know one of the best things about the game and. The magic mm-hmm. community at large is is absolutely fantastic, and I, I think it's just just great that we can engage with so many people on so many different levels. And yeah, just just having this platform of, of Patreon where those who want to engage with us at a certain level, we can we can provide something back um, 
yeah, something unique back. I, I just really like that. I feel like that's an opportunity that I, I really want to want to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So finally, before we go this week, uh, we did get an announcement about uh, Mythic Championship Three. Uh, so we've had the the whole invite list for Mythic Championship Three has been revealed, and it is the MPL plus. Uh, 16 additional players okay, so we have the full player list which is uh, the tournament's made up of 32 members of the MPL and then 36 challengers so it's going to have 20 countries represented in total the MPL spark split division winners Brad Nelson Ray Saito Brian Brondouin and Ken Yukihiro have earned automatic advancement to day 2 so that's a thing um, yeah the challenges are cool so we've got a few MPL members and then we've got um, uh, Montserrat Ayanzana Jeffrey Brucey, Kai Buda, Corey Burkhardt, Nicholas Carlson, Jason Chan, Wyatt Darby, Amy DeMaiko, uh, Andrew Allenbogen, Ashley Espinoza, uh, Patrick Fernandez, Evan Gascoigne, Simon Gertson, Emma Handy, Vanessa Hinostroza, uh, Ben Hull, Takashi Iwazaki, uh, Gianna Kaplan, Yuma Koizuma, Koizumi I'm not sure how to pronounce that surname apologies I've uh, tried I've tried else. I've tried I've butchered it uh, <laughs> Mateus Lavarato Raf Levy Yuki Matsuda Andre Santos Greg Orange Eric Orosik uh, Nee Farm uh, Therese Foe uh, Luis Scott Vargas uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that one correctly that sounds almost entirely wrong but I'm sure you know he won't mind yeah I'm sure uh, Alexei Shashov CJ Steele Andre Starsky, Marcin Tokajuk, uh, Noah Walker, Alan Wu, Kentaro Yamamoto, and Audrey Zoschak. Right, hot take Sally time. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it's, I mean, first of all, it's, it's nice to see um, a lot of those names aren't just, you know, um, white dudes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, just American white dudes. It's nice to see, like, they are, they're still pushing for the diversity, regardless of how, uh, you know, trolls on magic pages will hate that for some reason because yeah. they're bored um so that's 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 nice um i I'm a, I'm a big fan of that I and mean, it's a cool list of people uh i just don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my thing i just like it's something about wizard streams like unless there's something like specifically happening that i'm interested in or someone specific like to watch like um like with autumn in the first one the first mythic championship um unless it's something specific i just find wizard streams specifically and wizards broadcasts kind of irritating and horrible to watch <laughs> so what what is it do you think about their their streams that are so different from from streams you enjoy um everything just seems very hammed up sure um and very much trying to appeal to people that aren't magic players and it's that's not a problem like uh, this is very much a, a a me with my own personal problems and it works for many, many other people. Um, and obviously I'm not trying to take away from, from things people enjoy. Like if they enjoy that, that's absolutely fine. This is just me, my personal my personal opinion and my personal, what I, what I like to, to watch and, and not watch. And I just, a lot of it feels like they're trying slightly too hard to appeal to new players or new arena players. And it's not something that I enjoy personally watching. So it's something we'd like uh, the Star City Games they normally just have commentators who, who have spent a long time perfecting their craft, who um, have good chemistry together, who are probably just friends with each other outside of their, their, their commentary. Um, and it's just a very well-oiled machine. And there's, there's nothing too flashy. It's just 
very well done with very good commentary um, and people with a lot of charisma. And I think Wizards specifically have tried to do that, but they've just jammed people together who have no charisma with each other, whether whether they're good at good at what they do or not. And for, for the most part, they are like that's 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 not a concern. It's just that they just sort of there's no sort of natural back and forth and, and, and bouncing between the two people and it just feels horribly awkward a lot of the time. Um, with the Mythic Invitational specifically, like the whole Sparks thing and making it amazing, it just it's something that I was not personally into and not what I watch magic content for. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um so it's, you know, like I said, it's very much very much a me problem. Like it's yeah. it's, it's my my problem is like I'm just not that that bothered and like arena tournaments, like I'm not interested in it. Like so I'm I, not sure maybe. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be an interesting one. So I, I really enjoyed the, the Mythic Invitational. Um, you know, it, you kind of take it for what it was as the, this sort of big promotional flashy event just to, to show off the game and show off, you know, that, hey, magic can be an eSport and you've got the fireworks and you've got the stage and, you know, they've, they've all got their, their eSports uniforms on and it all looks really really cool and, and what an eSport what you would imagine an eSport would look like uh, I think that was done very well um, I I haven't really watched any of this MPL spark split thing because um, I, A I, I genuinely have no idea when it's on because it keeps getting moved around and they keep having to like you know take breaks in the mocks to, to stream this and, and that and um, yeah I just I don't think it's communicated or advertised well enough and also I don't particularly care about like the MPL playing against each other. There's some great players in there that I I enjoy watching, but I I think it's much better watching them in kind of like a pro tour environment than just like a you know eight of them in a in a mini elimination tournament. Yeah, I guess like when you're watching them in like a pro tour or, or sorry, a mythic championship or, or anything like that, you're, you're watching them prove why they're good enough. Yeah, you're watching them prove why they're in the MPL and why they've been chosen to be there. You're just when you're just watching eight people who are quite good at magic playing against each other, it's not really exciting. Yeah, like I'd, I'd rather just like if, I'm, if I want, want to watch like versus series, I'd just watch versus series. Like, yeah, exactly. That's it, isn't it? But this is this is a, a full-on mythic championship. Uh, you know, formerly known as Pro Tour, it's going to be the the very first digital Pro Tour, I guess. Really, uh, <laughs> for want of a better term, it's. Uh, Again, it's being sponsored by, uh, powered by Omen by HP, like the Mythic Invitational was. So, I, I would expect it to look sort of similar with the you know the entrances and the fireworks, and I think it would be really cool if they do pull it off. If they do do it, um, the format is a lot better as well now. So we've got traditional best of three standard constructed across all three days. It is playing out slightly differently though. Uh, so in day one, we've got modified Swiss. Oh, it's going to be eight rounds of Swiss on day one. So players who earn six wins will automatically advance to day two, and players who lose four matches are eliminated. Uh, day two is the top sixteen double elimination. Uh, so very much like that um, Mythic Invitational it has that double elimination thing again, which I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it worked well at the Invitationals, but we'll see. We'll see how it works here. And then finally, day three is the top four double elimination. So rather rather than like the usual top eight you would have on a on a Sunday, it's now just the top four, but it is a double elimination event. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the double elim stuff. Yeah. It was kind of weird at the Invitational. 
Yeah, it, it was definitely. I, I think it worked well enough at the Invitational because it was so like the games were so quick. Mm-hmm. It very much felt like like a to- like a like a coin toss, but. I don't know if it's necessary for this. Like, I think I would have preferred it if they'd just just done it like they usually do any sort of standard Swiss event. Yeah, just like every other Magic tournament that's yeah. been run thus far. Or that, or do it the you know the other extreme and just have it over two days instead, but have it be like a single elimination tournament. I mean, yeah, sure, you yeah. could also do that. Absolutely, you got the field on the first day, and then just play your top eight out on the second day. Yeah, I think that's probably better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I'm. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm certainly interested. Yeah, I'll probably watch some of it. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very likely most of the time because I, I normally like have these sort of very negative hot takes, and then I'll like. Like a day later, every night. I disagree with what I said, <laughs> but unfortunately, it has com- been committed to the internet forever. Sure, for at least ten people to listen to. Yeah. So, like, you know, I guess I'm going to have to die on this hill. Yeah, you, you better make your peace with what you've said now. Yeah, I, I die on various and different conflicting hills every week. So, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Sure, sure. <laughs> awesome. So that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch, let us know. Your thoughts on Modern Horizons, your thoughts on Patreon, uh, your thoughts on the Mythic Championship 3, will you be watching? Have you watched any of the Spark Split? Is is that a thing? Should we be watching? Uh, hit us up on social media. You can get at us on Twitter. We are at HRFDCast or on Facebook.com slash HRFDCast. Uh, you can get me on my personal Twitter. I'm at PeachGardenOaf. That's Oaf with an F. Or on Facebook, I am Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the Magic Group's uh, yeah, just just come say hi. I, I'm pretty amicable. Is that a word I want to use? Yeah, I think that's true. I'd use that word to describe you. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. I am in no way amicable. <laughs> um, I am very much unamicable. Inamicable? Non-amicable? Who knows? Who knows? Ah, screw it. I'm not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that'll be. Awesome. So that is all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, the Godfarer has returned. We're approaching the second hour. We'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.